Hey, welcome to FQ, where we talk about faith, family, and friends. I'm Jacob. And I'm George. And welcome to this week's podcast. Hey guys, welcome to this podcast. It is August 12th, 2020. Um, and it's just me and George this week, which is fantastic. I know, you guys yeah. just love us. We are pretty great. We are pretty <laughs> fantastic. You got hey. a fresh haircut, man. I do. It, it looks good. Did it, you, the, you got the beard trimmed up. Yeah. You don't look I'm like styling. a. You don't look like the caveman from the Geico commercials. <laughs> yeah. Pretty they, much. That they had to pull off because <laughs> it was offensive. Who's a caveman? <laughs> Still is my question. Hey, I don't know. I, I wasn't offended. Dan, Dan I was Dan. not offended. Right, you used it to your advantage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got so much insurance quotes, it's crazy. <laughs> so this week, we decided we're going to talk about what our podcast is all about, faith, family, and friends. Yep. Um, because it's good to kind of remind ourselves why we started the thing in the first place, because that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to talk about our faith, which we we do, Um on a pretty consistent basis. And um, last couple of weeks, we've been talking about things that try to tear down our faith or people, groups. Um, and so I, I just thought it would be a good idea that we kind of just go off what are, you know, what do we kind of believe in as this faith goes and um, kind of go from there. Yeah, for sure. Um I guess I could start. Uh, just so everybody knows, we are like two weeks, I think, from dove season, uh, if you're a hunter. I love to hunt, and so I've been practicing with my bow to hopefully <laughs> get a dove with a bow, which would be pretty epic. Um, that would be. Uh, so, obviously, by saying that, we do believe that God gave us the abilities and the the capability to eat uh from this earth, and so mm-hmm. uh, I love to hunt. Uh, That's something I really have gotten away from for the last like three years where we work. <laughs> There's just no time, but I definitely want to go duck hunting this season, dove hunting, pheasant hunting if we could get to it. Uh, I don't think elk. I don't think we get to it because I don't know if they have any over the counter tags this year. But if they did, it'd be pretty epic to get a deer or an elk. Pretty sure it's elk that they do over the counter here. Um, but uh, where I stand on that is uh, if I'm paying for fishing license, hunting license, all that stuff, I am actually doing more for the the environment than probably anybody that's listening that's not, <laughs> just to be honest. Well, it, and it's true. Like, you know, environmentally speaking, and you're providing for your family as well. You don't just kill for sport. Nope, fresh um, meat. Yeah, where I and know I, I I know where it came from. I got it right, and uh, I don't I don't really care what anybody thinks about Ted Nugent. He I mean he's kind of a whack job, but he's <laughs> you know he uh, he's a totally clean and sober guy. Never really got into doing, even though he's a rock star rocker. He never really got into that stuff because his you know his what he wants to go and do his. Um, whatever you call it, vice, so to speak, is hunting. Yeah. And he's got a lot of property in Michigan. And, like, there's stuff that he has on his property naturally because of the conservation that he does and killing predator animals that aren't in other areas. Yeah. Because he's, you know, because he does hunt his land and hunts it, like... uh, Frequently or whatever? Well, conservatively, really, like... You know, he, he knows what's there and what will be, you know, overpopulated and take out something else. So he, he uh, yeah, um, there's definitely takes care of the land. Like when in Utah, it's a little bit different because here you have to pull a license and all this stuff. And if you're lucky and you do get an area where maybe there's only 30 hunters and you can figure out a spot where you put up some trail cams and kind of have them hidden where somebody doesn't steal them or whatever. But um, in Ohio, the way we do it is you'd put up a trail cam, set up like a deer feeder just to see what's out there. 
you can't shoot them off the deer feeder because that's illegal. But you can definitely have feeders out there, and then you know it's out there. So, mm. I mean, um, for instance, one of my friends that they owned a, like 180 acres, something like that. And uh, they had a, what are they called? Like a zombie deer. And so. A zombie deer? Yeah. So it's like patches of like fur missing. It's like, it's like almost dying yeah. while living. And um, so they, they, they got rid of that deer um, because it, it would provide a bad bloodline mm-hmm. and actually hurt the herd and all that stuff. And so that's some of, what, some of the stuff we have to do. That meat wouldn't have been good, though. So at that point, what they did is chopped it up and left it for coyotes, yeah. which also helps coyotes. <laughs> so, like, right. it in turn turns around and helps other animals, even knowing sometimes you will hunt the predators because they're attacking too many does or whatever. But um, I think knowing where your meat comes from, uh, providing for your family and all that stuff is super important. And if you can do it, do it. If you can't, you can't. But uh, I don't care if you're offended by it. Cause is that I, How I did you get it. into that, though? Like, is that uh, something uh, that you did with your... Nope. I never did it with my dad or anything. He he wasn't much of a gun guy or a hunting guy. I went to the police department, and obviously you have to get into guns. Mm -hmm. And so I liked guns somewhat, and I was like, eh, they're all right still. Even as a police officer, I was like, they're okay. They're they're all right. Um, And then I got into duck hunting and watching Duck Dynasty, and I loved their message. And and that's kind of – I guess I didn't know – what duck hunting was really and then you get out there it's super early in the morning it does feel awful sometimes but you get mcdonald's good mcdonald's before it even though it's not healthy Did but you just say good mcdonald's good mcdonald's breakfast <laughs> mcdonald's at like five in the morning is the best um <laughs> and so you get out there uh you get to the water you set out decoys and it's so much fun because you can hang out with somebody, talk about Jesus on the river. And like with deer hunting, uh, it's very quiet. Like mm-hmm. everything you're doing is like, hey, guys, we got to blah, blah, blah. Like very whispering like I just did where it's super quiet and all that. And it's fun, don't get me wrong, but it's not as fun as duck hunting or dove hunting, which I've never done dove hunting until this season where I'm just going to go do it. <laughs> and so, so duck hunting is more like a... Something that you could do Socially. with somebody else, more yeah. social. And and you are obviously a social guy. And, um, you know, and that's how we build friendships with people. And that's part of what we want to talk about on this podcast, too, is is friends. And yeah. I know you've talked to me about going hunting, and I've never hunted. It's something that I've wanted to do. You know, I do have, a, you know, I've got a shotgun and with the intention of possibly duck hunting, you know, bird hunting at some point. Um, So may finally have the opportunity to do that. And I, I, and I just, I, I love like things like that, that you can build camaraderie with other guys, you know, too. And, and women too, not that women can't hunt, but um, I know that your, your wife, um, she'll hunt with you and stuff or, you know, she's into that. To be honest, she beat me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she, we we first uh, hunted deer <laughs> in Ohio. That was the first time we've ever gone hunting because it's so much easier. You mm-hmm. buy tags right over the counter. You, you have a place to go. We had 90 plus acres to hunt on, which was awesome. Um, we had free reign of the land. We did have some beef with a neighbor who was infringing on the land that shouldn't have been there, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but Jill on Halloween, she, uh, me and the kids were all hanging out in the, the house and, uh, Jill went up to our hunting spot. It started like right where it's the end of the hunt. I think is like at when it goes to, is it dusk? Yeah. Like yeah. dusk. Like at dusk, it started at I'm going to say like 7.50 or something or 7 mm-hmm. o'clock. 
um, it, the sun started going down, and uh, you got a little bit of service out there, a little bit. <laughs> and so Jill was in our tree stand, shot a doe, and then uh, got down from the tree like 30 minutes afterwards. And she calls me, she goes, I got one, I got one. And I was like, okay, here we come. So I, I grab the kids, we go up there in the other car, get up to the top, um, have to climb up this crazy hill that's all muddy because it was raining late the day before. And so we get up there, um, I track, which I've never done before ever in my life, which was so much fun, is like tracking a blood trail because mm-hmm. you're like, okay, all right, I follow it. But what was crazy is it went into a hay field that the guy owned. And so finding blood high is way harder than low. So if, if it's low on the ground, you'd follow it really easy, but it was on like branches and stuff like that. And so it was harder. And then I found it and I went down this hill and she got it. I was like, what a cool story. Like we got to eat that meat for a year. Like, Oh wow. It was a big dough. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, on my birthday is when I got my, my dear, and it was a button buck, which, uh, yeah, people might not. It's not like, much bigger but, than a dog. Uh, well, it was almost <laughs> it was almost the size of Jill's doe. Yeah, and so I think it it was a boy, which I'm sad because I I thought it was the doe I shot at, <laughs> so I shot at this <laughs> one because you only get one week of hunting, and I borrowed somebody's uh, what's it called? It's where you. Muzzle loader? A muzzle loader. So I borrowed his muzzle loader, went out there, never shot it before, and it shot like big. Like steel balls, right? Yeah. Uh, Well, we'd have to make that explicit now. No. (laughs) (laughs) Explicit. Explicit. (laughs) (laughs) No. But but, uh, that was for the word. Never mind. <laughs> so, yeah, so I shot, and I must have just nicked the top of her or something because there was fur everywhere. So I was like, I must have just caught the top of her. But they both ran because they are both right in front of my tree stand, and so they run a little ways away. And I probably shot them like 60 yards away, and I was like, all right. And I aim, and I was all, oh, gosh, the deer stopped. <laughs> and I could take a deep breath because he told me it was sighted at zero at 50 yards. So I was like, it's about a little bit above. So I shot him. He dropped, but, like, he didn't die right away. And I was yeah. like, oh, no. And so it was the worst thing ever because I sat there for an hour watching him kick. And I'm like, what do I do now? He's not dying. <laughs> like, I <laughs> shot him. He can't move. And so I'm like, oh, I feel so awful. And so it was probably like 30 minutes. But, like, I called my buddy, and I had to – he was like, well, you might you might want to shoot him again. And I was like <laughs> – but I was like, this thing shoots, like, a 50-caliber bullet. Like, at close range, I'm going to get blood everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, this is not a good idea. And uh, he was like um, – he was like, well, uh, do you have a knife? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, you just have to do it that way. And I was like – yeah, I had to do it an awful way. I'm not going to be that ex- explicit. Explicit. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I just had to handle business and get him there. But he was probably the best meat I've ever had. And there, there's something to be said about that because they talk about, like, just that middle age range, like mm-hmm. when they're not too old and not, not yet, like, of age to yeah. run around and chase other deers. They are, like... That meat was so tender, and if you're getting offended, I don't care. It was delicious, and it was healthy, <laughs> and it was good for me. And so, <laughs> yeah, I have I you know I do I have a lot of friends that that hunt, and they have you know one of my friends has his dad has a property, and well, I'm friends with his dad too. But he told me a story that I think I want to say it was his first deer that he got, and. He's, he got this thing, and he's he's struggling. It's heavy. He's all by himself. And he's like, Lord, I could use some help. And then he hears a guy go, I'll be down there in a minute. <laughs> 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 and and it was 
and I, I'm not positive on this. I'll I'll have to ask both uh, my, my friend Bill and, and Craig um, <laughs> if this is true because I think it was my friend Craig that was in his tree stand. He's not getting anything, and he came down and helped this guy who's my other friend Bill, and you know helped him <laughs> with it. And they became friends through that, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think Craig invited him to church and stuff like that, and just um, it's just kind of like to me that was a cool story. And I'm you know, and I'm still friends with both, uh, of, them. both of them, and you know that like him crying out for help, <laughs> then another hunter like. I'll be right there. And he's like, where the heck is this voice coming from? God? Like, oh, that's the most audible I've ever heard of you before. But. So, yeah. Like, so, um, I mean, we, we're just normal guys. Uh, we love Jesus. Um, we do believe that you have to repent and ask Jesus uh, to be the Lord and Savior of your life for you to be saved and for you to actually have fellowship with Jesus and all that because uh, if not the Bible says in multiple spots that like we we need to refrain from sin and all that stuff and mm-hmm. and that's definitely something I believe in I mean we're not perfect either of us we probably sin every day and so we have to ask for forgiveness and all that and it's not some crazy challenge or like oh I feel awful about it it's more like hey I'm gonna make sure I'm right with with God and all that stuff, and and even with another person, like if you yeah. if you, you know, straight up did offend someone, and you know, and you know, we we should apologize for our part in things and ask God for forgiveness and that person for forgiveness, um, just to build those relationships. Yeah, because you can go around with a lot of hurt, and you know, or you could possibly be you could possibly have offended someone and never even known it because you didn't mean to. And then it really strains that relationship. Um, And I did that to someone who is still a great friend of mine. Um, She stood up in our wedding. She was um, Emory's maid of honor. And um, Sandra, if you're listening, love you. But she actually thought that I hated her because I was just so sarcastic with her. And I'm like, no, if I if I hated you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take the time to, to tease you, you know. It wouldn't be worth my while, you know. Yeah. But but I'm it's funny to me because I get a rise out of you. But she pulled me aside and was like, Why do you hate me? And I was like, Oh, I I I don't. Why would you think that I hate you? Because and we you talked it me. out, you know, we talked it out and now she gets me and we're still friends after all these years and you're going to have to come visit us in Utah, Sandra. Yeah, Sandra. Um, <laughs> but um, but if we wouldn't have had that conversation, we wouldn't have been able to build the relationship that we have now. Um, and she had the, the guts to come and say something to me because I, I didn't know that I was offending her. You know, I didn't know that she thought that I hated her. And I'm glad that she did have the guts to come and talk to me yeah, about that. Going on for forever, and she's like, "I hate that guy." Right. So, so something that is a part of our belief system, I think, is is this verse in Hebrews ten twenty six. It says, "If we deliberately keep on sinning after we receive the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin is left, but only." a fearful expectation of judgment and of fire, raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejects the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who, who has trampled on the Son of God, or trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctifies them, and who has insulted the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, and again the Lord will judge his people. It is dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. 
And I, I believe that full-heartedly. I can't. Just reading the word of, of what it says is what it is. Like, I, yeah. I think that's where people get lost is, hey, how can I interpret this differently? And for us, there is no way to interpret differently because literally my my nine-year-old daughter can read this Bible and understand what that means. And, like, I think that's what's more important is that the word, the scripture defines the scripture. There's no other in between. Like, I should not be defining more of what this means. The Bible proves itself. Right. And and there's definitely, like, biblical commentaries that, um, really, if you look at a, a, a Bible commentary, it's just someone's comments on the Bible, but they're studying through the Greek and the Hebrew and using the word to decipher the word and trying to make it a little more plain to the yeah. common person, you know, the lay, the lay people um, <laughs> that don't have a, a theologian degree. Um, but so now your daughter believed, she believes in Jesus because she, she saw Jesus, right? Um, no. <laughs> hmm. But how can you believe in something that you don't see? It's called faith, my friend. Ah, faith. That's part of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I was looking I'm, at, um, I, was I, was like, <laughs> I don't remember her saying she saw Jesus. <laughs> I know, I'm like, I, I'm I, just going to shake my head, hope he gets, no, no, he didn't. I was like, are you, did you tell you something? That's why I was so confused. I was like, what? But yeah. So one of Jesus' disciples was Thomas. Yeah. And if you're familiar with the Bible at all or Bible stories, maybe you went to um, Bible Sunday school when you were a kid and heard about Doubting Thomas, you know, he didn't, he didn't believe that Jesus came back and we do. Um, we believe that once he was on the cross, he died for our sins. He went into the tomb, he was raised on the third day. That is part of our beliefs. And when he was raised, it wasn't, the work wasn't finished at the cross. The work is still being finished in us through the Holy Spirit. Jesus also had to be resurrected to conquer sin and death and the grave. Yeah. So we don't have to go to an eternity without Christ. And that's what we believe. So um, in John 20, starting at verse 24, it says, One of the disciples, Thomas, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, We have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Um, yeah. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly as before, Jesus was standing among them. He said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here and see my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Into my in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, "You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who haven't seen me and believe anyway." So we're blessed because we haven't seen Jesus and we believe anyway. So um, my only thing is that I want to tell Jesus is, Hey, if you want to show up now, you know, I believe before, but <laughs> I wouldn't mind hanging out with you for a day. <laughs> like let's sit on the couch and talk. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously let I, it's a joke. People it's a joke. Um, because when Obviously, Jesus comes back, my, he's not going to be sitting on your couch. <laughs> what if he did? Uh, just kidding. I'd be uh, jealous. 
I would totally. I'd ask to come over. <laughs> I'd ask to go. No, we're joking. Um, definitely, uh, you can have that relationship and that belief with Jesus, which is another part of family and friends and faith all together. Is that with our belief in in Jesus and Him dying on the cross for our sins and saying it's finished for His work here is finished on the earth and that He has conquered the grave and all that stuff. It does not mean I have a free right to mess around and do whatever I want because there is no sin because there is, because we can see that. Um, honestly, if you really look at it, uh, I think somebody who does a great job is, uh, uh, Ray comforts, Kirk Cameron and a guy named, Oh, what is it? Mark Spence. And so, they do like street evangelism, mm-hmm. and they a lot of times they'll be like, um, so for instance, I'll just do this with you the way they do it. So, have you ever uh, lied before? No. Oh, I just lied right there. <laughs> so, so they go, hey, have you ever lied before? Yeah. And so they go, okay. So, have you ever stolen before? You know, I put on the cap application for this place, no, right? <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever stolen before? Not as far as you know. <laughs> so you have stolen. Okay. So you're a lying thief, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and so that is what... Not they, anymore. Yeah. I've been redeemed. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so, but how do you know you're redeemed? Because I got Jesus in my soul. <laughs> So they do that, but, like, they go through that, and then they go, have you ever um, committed adultery? Have you ever looked on somebody in lust? And, like, everybody's going to say yes. At some point, you've looked at somebody with lust. And then, so he'd be like, by your, by what you've said, I'm not, I'm not judging you, I'm not saying this, but by what you've said, you're a lying, thieving, fornicating, adulterer, uh, <laughs> who has done these, and people go, hey, I'm a good person, though. And um, they go, well, uh, but, yeah, let, let's let's put you in a court. Let, let's do this as a court case. Um, you've broken all these, these rules and these laws, which are God's commandments and stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, how, how do you think you would plead if you said, hey, these are my things, and you don't, have the knowledge that me and you have, is you're guilty. But Jesus has paid that price, has taken your fines, and what he did essentially was paid your fines off. You are still guilty of the crimes you committed, but your crimes and debts have been paid by Jesus. And so the way he sets that up even is, um, if you really were in court, if you killed someone, you can't be like, well, you know, that's a one-time thing. Um, I'm really a good person. A lot of people will tell you I'm a good person, all this. A good judge is going to judge you for what you did. They won't care that, hey, you know, you've done a bunch of great things, but, I mean, you did just kill your neighbor. (laughs) Right. And so. And you still need to suffer the consequences for that. And so, essentially, what, what happened with Jesus dying on the cross is he took our debt. He paid our fines. That means that we, we are guilty and that we should be in an eternity away from God in the lake of hell. It's, it is there. And a lot of people, maybe even somebody listening right now is like, Hey, I don't believe in hell. Well, if you believe in God, how do you not believe in hell? I don't, I don't get that. And that is something that let's think of this because there's always positives and negatives to things. Always. Mm -hmm. So there's always something versus that. And so with God, there's God, and then there's the devil. There's angels, there's demons. There has to be because that's what happened. Or if you're reading your Bible and saying it didn't happen, then what was your point? Like you, you, you get to a point of the Bible where you're like, well, now this is just fiction and just fake stories. So we can't just like go on, you know, ask God for forgiveness and then, 
you know, we can just, then we can just do whatever we want, right? We don't have to do anything good anymore. We're just like, well, I asked for forgiveness, so I'm good now. And and that's that's what this Bible tells me is that I have a moral compass. Mm-hmm. But somebody that doesn't have a moral compass, like, you have no reason to live a good life. You have no reason to treat people with loving and care. And people can say, hey, I'm doing this for love. But how are you doing it with love, like, when you don't have that relationship with God? Because morally, you have no reason to do right. And what is right in your in your worldview can't be the same as what this Bible says. I mean, you can be like, hey, I try to be a good person and all this stuff, but you still do all those other things like, hey, I definitely sleep around. I definitely look at girls uh, a certain way or guys, whatever. Um, I definitely use God's name in vain and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Those, I'm just using the Ten Commandments as a simple right, right. navigator here. But if we really want to get deep, just what Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself and love me. You know what I mean? Love the right. church. And then, um, so James, brother of Jesus. Homeboy of Jesus. He, uh, Homeboy. in James 2, starting at 14, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, what's the use of saying you have faith if you don't prove it by your actions? That kind of faith can't save anyone. Suppose you see a brother or sister who needs food or clothing, and you say, well, goodbye, and God bless you. Stay warm and eat well, but you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, it isn't enough to just have faith. Faith that doesn't show itself by good deeds is no faith at all. It is dead and useless. Um. So I'm going to continue there. Uh, actually, no. So, <laughs> but uh, so, what's that's what that's saying though is that we can we can go around and just and say that we have faith, but if we're not showing it, you know, if we're not like, what are your you and you and I, in in the job that we have, we can't outwardly. Express our faith. We can't proselytize, whatever. But what we can do is we can do good good deeds. We can, you know, we can make people like, hey, why 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 do they do this? Why are you different? And then, and then if they ask us, then we can honestly say it's because of the love of Christ, you know. Or if we do something, even in the store, like, or you know, I don't I don't know how many times I've, um over the years seen a, a delivery guy going in the store and just open the door for him and, and then them being so appreciative is not because it doesn't happen a lot. Um, yeah, but. it's, it's definitely weird. And I mean, even uh, living our lives a different way and like enjoy and, and happiness and like fruits of the spirit, which actually do produce knowledge to people. And something that I heard that I, I wanted to talk to you about is because I'm not sure where I stand on this or where it would be biblically, biblically, but like um, somebody was saying that everybody knows God, that he's written on your heart no matter who you are. And I was trying to figure out where that would be because I was like, I've never seen that. But I get what they're saying is like, hey, you can try to deny that God isn't real because they're talking to, is a debate between atheists and mm-hmm. Christians. And they go, but you can see God in your your surroundings and miracles and all this stuff. Right. And so I'm like, I, I don't know if they're getting it at, it at that angle. And in my head, I'm like, I feel like I get what you're saying, but I don't know if I agree with what you're saying. Well, I get it in this sense that we are all created in the image of God. That's what they do. Yeah. You know, so if we're created in the image of God, then you see he God. has his imprint on us. Yeah. You know, we really can't. I mean, yes, you can deny it. You can deny it all you want. But the fact remains is that God created us and his imprint 
is on us. We're created in his image. And that and that's why I like I'm so pro life because whether that, you know, and and the people on the opposite side of that may say, well, what about the cases of rape? Those percentages are way lower. Though they are way lower. And and even if they weren't, it's yeah. still a life. And it may have happened through a horrible circumstance, but what if that life that you now want to kill because of a horrible circumstance or you feel that you should because of a horrible circumstance turns up to be the person that, you know, cures cancer or um, is the next, you know, uh, I think I think it's James Robeson. I don't know if you've ever seen him on TLN or anything. Uh, dynamic preacher, whatever. But James um, Dobbs. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, but I, but uh, anyway, I think that was his situation. That something happened. You know, as I think his mother got raped, and she decided to keep the baby, basically. And he's brought a lot of people to Christ. Yeah. You know? And um, what's crazy about that is, if you don't think it's a life. Then you you definitely need to really get in this word and just think about what what that would look like and why that would be wicked. Because even knowing the situation is awful, but God will always turn around for good. And so, I never wish that upon anybody's kids around any any of my enemies or anything because that's just awful. I get it, mm-hmm. but. I believe that God can turn that situation around way more than you think he, he can. Because, and you might be listening and going, well, you're not a girl. Okay. Right. I get that. But vice versa, I would still think the same way because a life is a life to me. And I'm not talking about hunting because somebody is probably gonna be like, "Who are you killing animals?" Well, they're not. They're not human beings with a spirit, with a soul, that Jesus died on the cross for, or that an Almighty God created. Right. Um, so I do want to continue on with that um, in James, where it says. Uh, now, someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds. I say, I can't see your faith if you don't have good deeds, but I will show you my faith through my good deeds. Do you still think it's enough just to believe that there is one God? Well, even the de- demons believe this, and they tremble in fear. Fool, when will you ever learn that faith does not re- result in good, that does not result in good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was declared right with God because of what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, he was trusting God so much that he was willing to do whatever God told him to do. His faith was made by made complete by what he did, by his actions. And so it happened just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God, so God declared him to be righteous. He was even called the friend of God, so you see, we are made right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Um, and I love that, that, you know, Abraham, who's a father of the faith, was called a friend of God. Yeah. So I think that can segue into our next, what is, it, what is a friend? Yeah. What is a friend to me? Yeah. Um, somebody that has your, your back. Um, that means whether I'm being stupid or not, where they will call me out if I'm being stupid. Yeah. Um, because a good friend will always have your your best interests at heart. Um, obviously, we're all built with different things that we deal with. But if my friend calls me out, I, I want to hear it because then they are definitely – doing it because they love me and care about me, not just to be like, hey, I'm just a jerk. <laughs> and so right. um, definitely one of those things where I'm like uh, that if I if I just pushed off friends and I had friends that said yes all the time, I'm not doing myself any favors because 
I want them to disagree with me about some things. Right. And challenge me to think a little bit differently. And I might not agree with them. And they might challenge me that way, but it still is important. So what's a friend to you? I I would totally agree with what you said there. And someone that will have your back <laughs> and call you on your stuff. And um, I think I told this story before. Um, I think when we had Jared Lopes on and the Lopes, I was, you know, I was, I was riding the fence pretty hard. And if you don't know what that means, it's, it's trying to have one foot in the faith and one foot still in the world, still sinning and, and, you know, like sinning all week and repenting on Sunday. And I was, that's kind of where I was at. I wasn't totally walking with the Lord. Um, I wanted to, but I was struggling, I, you know, and, and uh, I had some really good friends that knew that I was struggling and, you know, and uh, I came into church and one of my friends, you know, grabbed me. He's like, Hey, what's going on? And he's like, you look like you haven't slept and you kind of stink, dude. You know, you've been smoking or whatever. I'm like, uh, no, He's like, don't lie to me. <laughs> and uh, he's like, do I need, you know, do I need to just kick your ass? And that's exactly what we're in the church, and that's what he said to me. Explicit. Explicit. <laughs> and I was like, maybe you do, you know? And, um, but that really, like, that really showed me how much he he cared, you know, and my other friends cared, and and. They're like, you know, we're going to hold you accountable because we don't want to see you going back to your vomit, basically, which is what I was doing. I was going back to my old ways and not seeking after God completely. I wasn't completely surrendered surrendered to him, but I wanted it to look like I was, yeah. you know. And they, you know, and they called me out. They knew that I wasn't, and they cared enough to actually say something to me and not just let me keep, you know, going on my miserable way, so to speak. So, yeah, that is that is a friend to me, someone that's going to um, call me out of my stuff. And just like uh, Proverbs twenty seven seventeen says, as iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. And, um, you know, and that's not always going to be – Easy. It's not yeah. going to feel good, you know. Rubbing off those uh, rough edges to make you have a sharp edge, like if you're, you know, if you're a hunter or someone that just likes knives or throwing knives, whatever, and it takes a bit to sharpen that blade, yeah. you know. And you're you're not sharpening it up, sharpening it on something soft. You're putting it against something, you know, like this says, iron as iron and. I talked to you earlier this week about your friend Daniel that really he's, you know, he may be going down a wrong path and in this way he's kind of sharpened you because you're really digging into the word because you want to pull your friend out of the flames, so to speak, and pull him back like – Hey, where where have you gone? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah, where'd you, you know, go? where'd you go? Um, and and I, you've been doing it with love, you know. Yeah. That, like what we've talked about, speaking the truth in love and trying to, you know, I'm help definitely them out. being firm, which is a part of love. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to back down, but I have definitely not been like, hey, stupid, <laughs> like, right? Don't do this, but. Um, with that same notion that you mentioned in First Corinthians fifteen thirty three, it says, "Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your sense, as you ought, and stop sinning. For there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame." So, I don't know about you, but <laughs> that verse just tells me, like, "Hey, what are you doing? Like, you are letting." somebody who does have corrupt morals or anything. But this also, again, this word, this Bible is totally telling me that there's still sin. Yeah. You can still sin. You can still mess up. And people telling this non-truth of 
hey, you you can go on, you live a life of redemption free of anything. That can't be true because the Bible doesn't contradict itself. Right. It, it's, it just, that's why it like, it hurts my head <laughs> thinking about it. And, you know, because you're, you're leading people astray. And, you know, um, if we're leading people astray, woe to us. Yeah. If we're wrong, like, <clears throat> please send us a message on Facebook. We don't care. Um, I definitely love to have the feedback. I mean, yeah, if nobody's you have ever messaged us anything, ever. <laughs> besides, so. I think there's been a couple, like, thank yous. <laughs> yeah. And so we definitely want to keep putting out new stuff and new conversations and all that. And we are getting different guests and stuff. But uh, if you guys have I have ideas, what you want to talk about, where you want to go, uh, we're, we're more than open to, to hear you out. And obviously we're going to follow the Holy Spirit, which um, came after Jesus rose from the dead and uh, ascended into heaven because uh, we're not in heaven yet uh <laughs> so that right. is something that we believe in is that there is a second coming of christ and that he will come and save the world again basically yeah everyone who has called on the pot called upon jesus will be saved mm-hmm. and so if your heart isn't right maybe this is a time to to think about hey how do i make my heart right and uh, what we'd say is you just got to ask Jesus into your life, into your heart. Yeah, the the word says, and I, I, I'll look up the actual verses in a second here, but it says, uh, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. So to me, that's really, it's it's pretty simple, you know, um, John three sixteen says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life." And I know, I'm sure you know, tons of people have seen John three sixteen in the you know in, in stands at different sporting events. And what is that? Well, that's what it is. It's God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have of eternal life because that's how much he loves us. Yep. And if you read on further on John 17, it says for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever, whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of <clears throat> Sorry, in the name of the God's one and only Son, and I—I I mean, that's pretty—that's that, pretty clear cut to me, right there. You case know. closed. Yeah, <laughs> like either you believe or you don't, and it's by faith and by a loving God who sent His Son to save our lives. Um, I hope, and my my goal is that. I think people are trying to to make the Bible something more than what it's not. Um, recently, I was watching something on TikTok and like a guy sang a song like saying, um, you, basically the same kind of case scenario. Hey, you can do whatever you want. You could be this way or that. Uh, God didn't say anything about you being. Um, I'm just gonna go there. But basically, the guy was saying, like, uh, you can sleep with animals. You could have sex with other men and men and women with women. But the Bible does say that is a sin. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's not more of a sin than something else. So when somebody gets super upset at this podcast, I'm, I'm not saying your sin's more stinkier than my sin. <laughs> as God looks at it as all the same. Yeah, you know. So if somebody murdered board, someone and I lied to someone, we're the same, right? And that's, you know, because God doesn't look. You know, God doesn't look at our sin through our 
through our eyes. He looks at them through the blood of Christ. Um, one, one more scripture I wanted to share on friends. Um, there are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Um, a lot of people have said that, you know, that is speaking of, of Christ, that he was a true friend to us and sticking closer than a brother. Um, and, you know, some people have that, that such close friendships with others that they are sticking closer to a brother than a brother. And I think um, where it says there are friends, and it says in, like in quotes, there are friends who destroy each other. Like I'm sure some people have heard the term frenemies. Yeah. You know, they're your friend to your face, but they'll stab you in the back while they're giving you a hug, you know. That doesn't make um, any sense. <laughs> I'm sorry. The <laughs> frenemy thing, I'm like, if you're my enemy, I'm not your friend. <laughs> like, that doesn't right. make any sense. Right, and, 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 but there's people that will present themselves as a friend to you, Yeah. but in turn destroy you. Mm-hmm. Like, you might have a brother come at you and like, hey, what you're doing is wrong, um, and I'm going to call you out on it. I'll hold you accountable to it. We'll work through this together. We'll pray about it, you know, but you can't keep going going in this way. And that's what I think it means, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Yeah. And just before we get off, <laughs> I thought of this first. Oh. Um, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is a gate and broad is a road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is a road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing. What? Yeah. Um, sheep's clothing, but in... Oh, shoot. But in word, inwardly, they are ferocious, or ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree can not bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Boom. <laughs> Shakalaka. Um, so, yeah, like you, I don't, I feel like God, <laughs> God led me to that verse just now because I've never read the other part. Um, yeah, I'm not, I haven't read the Bible through and through ever. Uh, um, so, just being real, <laughs> I usually stay in the New Testament most um, of my time. Yeah, I, I have, um, read the Bible through and through just, you know, because it's something that I've been trying to do just to, you know, just to be, you know, get closer to God, whatever. Um, but when we're talking about friends, we've talked about friends, we've talked about faith. Um, so I think we can wrap this up talking about family a little bit yep. and how our family started. Um, so, I'm gonna and my mom and my dad. <laughs> I mean, kidding. I mean, our families. <laughs> oh, like okay. I, the man. So in Proverbs 18, <laughs> they loved each other very much. Jimmy, uh, <laughs> the um, Proverbs 18 verse 22 says, "The man who finds a wife finds a treasure, and receives favor from the Lord." And I know that. You know, my, I, I have found treasure in my wife, and she's definitely a friend. And she's a friend that calls me out when I do stupid things. Yep. Or when I'm like, hey, this thing really, you know, upset me about work or whatever. And I'm just, I'm going to email the supervisors and the, yeah. <laughs> the CEO, yeah. blah, blah, blah. She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We still need our jobs. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I will show <laughs> them. <laughs> And, yeah, uh, you my, know, and I'm, and, and that she definitely blesses me, um, yeah. with calling me out and like crap. Definitely feel the same. My wife is my honey glow. 
don't know if you've seen. This is this a country song? No. <laughs> Have you never seen uh, Wreck It Ralph? Yeah. So that's why he tells her, oh, you're just having my honey glow. <laughs> so, so, yeah, she's she definitely calls me out uh, frequently. Too much. Just kidding. <laughs> calls me out enough where uh, I need to listen sometimes. And sometimes I know you probably do the same thing where you're like, eh, I know better. And then you yeah. you end up messing up, and you're like, yeah, I guess you knew better. <laughs> I did that the other day. We we're coming home, right? And she's like, you gonna turn here? And I'm like, no, like, because it's all under construction. I'm like, I don't want to take 201, and this is gonna lead me to 201. I want to yeah. take 80, you know. And she's like, okay. And I was wrong. <laughs> turn around, go back. Took a little. I'm like, I just wanted to take the scenic route. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> But in uh, Ephesians 5, um, get this kind of wrapped up here with with husbands and wives. Because um, this is how God this is how God designed marriages to be. I, I think this is what I believe that we are supposed to be a picture of Christ and his bride and what you know marriages are supposed to look like. So in Ephesians 5, uh, starting at 21, it says, and further, you will submit to one another to one another, out of reverence for Christ. I think people take that out of context a lot because it does say one another. They only hear this part. You wives will submit to your husbands as you do to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of his body. The church he gave his life to be her savior. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives must submit to your husbands in everything. As you hu- and you husbands must love your wives with the same love Christ showed the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by baptism and God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies, for a man is actually loving himself when he loves his wife. No one hates his own body, but lovingly cares for it, just as Christ cares for his body, which is the church, and we are his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one, so I again say, each man must love his wife, wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So, like, people pull that so out of context and saying, you know, well, it's his wife, submit to your husbands. But first it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Yeah. And it says to love our wife, to care for our wife, to even be willing to die for our wives. And to the husbands, or, you know, it says to the wives, to your husbands, respect your husband. That's it. Doesn't say love him. Doesn't say care for him. <laughs> it just I, says respect. I have a quick joke. <laughs> 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 so uh, recently I was watching something, and the guy goes, um, uh, the lady was like a feminist, and she goes, uh, hey, uh, why do men get paid more than anybody else? And he goes, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I get an extra dollar. This is why. In the worst case scenario, if uh, me and you were on the Titanic, they'd say women and children first. I'm having to wait. So you get to get off the boat, and I have to wait. That's why I get paid more. The other <laughs> thing is that every time there's a fire, they're like, women and children out first. So my back's on fire, and I'm like, hey, guys, let's get out of the house. Come on, let's get out. I'm burning here. He's like, that is why we get paid more. Is because... I am the last one out of the building that's on fire. (laughs) So that's just a joke, people. It it plays. It plays here. Um, So we just wanted to say we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. Uh, We need your support. So you need to share on iTunes and all that so we could spread the word of F-Cubed and get our our name out there and keep preaching the gospel and keep bringing in new guests. Yes. So uh, we're going to do a quick pray out. So, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, God, for everything you're doing in our lives. Father God, 
I pray a hedge of protection around George's family and my family. And I pray the blood of Jesus over this campus and that no weapon formed against it shall prosper. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.